Hello and good afternoon and welcome to Subject Matter Pros. Uh, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, ocsdeals.ca and brandingandpromo.com for their help in making us realize this podcast. Check them out, ocsdeals.ca and brandingandpromo.com. Um, so for our episode today, um, I wanted to talk about a little bit more about productivity. Um, we've had a couple of guests come on that specialize in automation and using software stacks that help you, you know, take things off your plate. But automation and productivity, the whole objective of automation is to have a higher level of productivity. And um, that's something where, you know, I struggled capturing the essence of that from the recordings that we had. So our guest today is uh, Brittany Dixon. And She's a business system strategist and the host of her own podcast, which is called the Productivity Podcast. And she really helps entrepreneurs implement day-to-day -day operations management, project management, systems and processes, and other things. So they could be more, pro more productive and they can use that free time so that they can spend more time in their zone of genius. So with that, please give me a warm welcome to... Um, to Brittany Dixon. Welcome to Subject Matter Pros. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So Brittany, uh, how about we jump right into it? Uh, what's some of the things that, uh, you know, like what's, what's your, what's the core thing that you work with, that you work with some of your clients, things that you've really seen that really help with productivity and things like that, as far as your experience goes? Yeah. Um, so I am a previous event planner. I'm also, I used to do weddings and events. I used to do all of the stuff. So I am just this type A organized person. I've always found myself to be super productive. Uh, but one of the things I found when kind of going into business and getting into this side of things is that there's a lot of people that like to operate and they're more creative, but they don't necessarily have the systems and processes to help them get things done because they kind of just want to be in this creative zone. Um, so what I really help my clients to do is to design their calendars in a way that works for them and their clients or whoever they're, wh wh whoever they're helping within their business. So, um, I think time management, even my bigger clients that I work with time management is one of the biggest struggles that so many people have because we all have so much stuff going on. So time management, I feel like is a big issue, uh, really getting organized in the digital space, so anything from your digital files to your emails, to your tasks, to your notes, I found that again, even with my bigger clients, those are issues that we come up against. And then really just streamlining your softwares and tools. You had kind of touched on a little bit before your tech stack to make it work for you and be more minimalist and not have like 78 tools that you've got to log into on a daily basis. So I really help my clients to streamline those three areas. I really help them to streamline their time and their calendar. I help them to set up processes in their business and I help them to set up the systems to really maximize their day so that they can impact their clients, but also impact their bottom line and have this like freedom-based lifestyle that we're all working towards. And that is really, you know, you bring up a very cool point because when you're working with a lot of creative types or artists, trades, I remember I had a flood in my condo a few years ago and I had a contractor come in who basically had to redo the entire condo and he worked yeah. for the company that the property management company had hired. And, you know, we started, got, we got talking 
And similar to a lot of your clients, and this is something that we've seen everywhere, they're so good at what they do at the core job because the, I never saw anybody else come in except for him through my unit. So when I started talking to him, I'm going, hey, man, like you work for someone, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, how come nobody ever checks on you? And he's like, you know, I used to have my own business. I did this for a while. And then I realized that I like the work, but I didn't realize just how effort laden managing a business was. And a lot of, and he's like, you know what? I'd rather now I'd prefer where I work like a nine to five for somebody. I work my 40 hours. I know what I get paid and I'm happy with it. And then I can go home, kick my, take my boots off, kick my, swing my feet over onto the table, have a beer and then enjoy the weekend. Where's yeah. for yourself? And, you know, with a lot of like, and he was a, he was a tradesman, but again, like I, I still put him in the creative bucket as far as individuals go versus operational styles. Right. Cause I'm a little bit more operationally driven. So for me, I, I look for ways to create systems and stuff like that naturally in the things that I do versus for me, the challenge is how do I get into that creative zone where I can actually start creating stuff, coming up with new ideas, content, whatever it is. So I have the reverse challenge, whereas there's a whole universe of individuals who have the exact opposite challenge, which, you know, you're helping them tackle. Uh, yeah. We talked about, you know, uh, before, before we started recording, you know, when we were having an intro chat, you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, productivity and your core mindset around business minimalism. And, yeah. you know, that's something that is really the, the common denominator. When I was talking to the gentleman working um, on my condo when he was doing the reno, and I'm sure a lot of your customers, they're very ex qualified to do whatever it is they do. They're exceptional as far as, you know, being creative in what they do. But at the same time, when you don't have the same kind of quote unquote business acumen as somebody who's more operationally focused or something like that, it could be a little bit, you, you could get overwhelmed by just how much there is to do. But yeah. the good thing is, is that in, we're in the timeframe we're living in now with technology, realistically, there's not that much to do if you know how to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so many people didn't, you, you didn't start a business to run a business, right? Most people started a business because they're good at the thing and they saw a need for it. And then they're like, Hey, I can monetize this and create a business out of this. But so often I think people just don't realize like when you work for a corporate setting, they set up the systems for you. They set up the structure, the timing, your schedule, they set all of that up for you. And then you just come in and do it. Whereas when you're a business owner, you have to create all of those systems and that time management and your calendar management and all these different systems and processes to be able to then do it. So then you're essentially creating the systems and running the systems all at the same time while you're probably a one-man show and you're trying to also do the work for your clients. So I think so often people start the business like with this amazing skill and then they just get caught up in all the stuff that it takes to run a business and it can get super overwhelming really quick. And then, you know, talking about like business minimalism, yes, you need things to do your, to deliver your services or goods to your end user. But at the same time, there's also a balancing act of too much. Cause I mean, you, you search things today and there's so many options out there for everything that, you know, like you said, you have a, like, I'm a small business owner myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we have smaller teams or smaller points of contacts or third party contractors that we may use, but we don't necessarily have the same complex infrastructure that 
a large corporation would have. And yep. you don't need to create unnecessary layers of complexity in your business just to add bureaucracy, layers of bureaucracy and slow things down, right? So with business minimalism, that's something where a lot of business owners can get a little overwhelmed too because there's so much out there. They don't really know how much it is that they actually need. You could, and all these processes, they're very time consuming. They, they free you up, but unless you actually learn to be efficient with them and connect all of them together so that they all are synchronized, there's a lot of manual synchronization that is required. They work fantastic. They keep you organized. Like I use a few different, I use a CRM. I have my workspace that I use. I have uh, Zapier that I use. I use Slack. So I have a few things and they're integrated and they work well. But yeah. if I had more than that, especially depending on what kind of business I was in, I could potentially spend a lot more time just moving things left, right, and center, keeping track of the sales processes and everything else. And I may not even have as much time to work on my business. So what kind of things do you work yeah. with? You know, what's business minimalism to you? And uh, how do you work with, how do you go, how do you approach that topic with uh, your audience? Yeah. And everything that you just said, like the more tools you have, the more complex it makes it. And then you're moving back and forth between these tools and not even actually getting the tasks done. Uh, and that's what I see a lot is that people have stuff in so many different places and on so many different platforms. And like you said, they do integrate well, most of them, um, or at least hopefully you found them that they've actually integrated really, really well. But Business minimalism to me is really, it's, it's having less tools and software to manage. Obviously, um, it's also having less on your calendar, but things that are more impactful and are actually moving the needle forward towards your goals. It's taking on less strategies because everybody has a strategy for everything right now. Uh, but you can literally listen to five different podcasts and all of them are going to conflict with each other in some way, shape or form. Uh, so really like being more intentional with taking on less strategies that you're putting in place in your business, less offers. I've seen too many entrepreneurs. They're like, Oh yeah, I have like 17 different offers and four different courses. And, and the more you add, the more complexity you add, because each of those offers is going to have to have a different process. It's going to have to have different tools and software that are included, and it's going to confuse your audience. So, uh, it really is just less of everything and making sure that they're super intentional and actually moving the needle forward versus just doing stuff to be busy because someone told you to do it. But how do you train them to like go from like the various, they may have a vision, right? And they may have a strategy. Yeah. Like what yep. you mentioned earlier about you getting conflicting information. I don't think it's necessarily conflicting information. I mean, sure, there's different views and everyone has, I'm not sure if you're a cat person, but uh, some cat people call me out for this. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, right? So there's no one yeah. right answer. And I think one of the things that we've gotten used to in, the modern time is having very specific tailored solutions to our exact problem. So oftentimes, you know, it's hard to take a conversation that you may listen in on, whether it be a podcast or get, a, get some help. But if that is not specifically tailored to your immediate problem, yes, it could open up a bunch of thoughts in your minds and you could be thinking about various other strategies that don't matter. But how do you go about getting your entrepreneurs to think of, hey, you know, at the end of the day, all of this is a support system. 
Yeah. I mean, the first thing I do with all of my clients is we, we talk about that high level vision, right? Because again, coming in and setting up those different systems and things, they have to match what your vision is and they have to be custom to you because it's not a one size fits all approach. So we really talk about like that high level, like, why are you even here? What are you doing? Who are you helping? We make sure that we've got that in place. And then the next thing is that I really try to get them to think in systems. Like you said, you are more operationally driven. And I do think it's a skill that can be learned. I think there's a lot of people that are just more apt to do that, but I think it's a skill that can be learned to start thinking, how can I create a system out of this for myself to make this faster? Um, so really like go high level. And then we start to optimize what things are going to get us to that vision and that goal. And then as, as, um, you know, operationally savvy person yourself because you know if you come from yeah. event planning i i, I can yeah. only imagine <laughs> because everything is just in time there's a million points of contact and you're dealing with yep. just the most difficult unreasonable client we'll leave all that out just in case the all the things this. yeah <laughs> but um i really think that it's easier and i'm operational too right in that sense that's where my yep. comparative advantage lies and i truly think it's easier to learn operational things than it is to open your mind to creativity. Again, I could yes. be wrong. I, I'm a little hard on myself on on because creatives, I guess, are just so un are so raw and unfiltered in their desire to put content out. Whereas yep. I put any content out and then I scrutinize the hell out of it before putting it out. And as a result, almost yeah. nothing ever gets out because I'm just sitting yep. in this perpetual <laughs> cycle. So it's true, you know. I think a lot of creatives should take that as a as a positive. That I think it's easier. Yeah. For a creative person to learn operational to how to be operationally savvy, then to take somebody who's operationally savvy and really get them to unleash yeah. that inner creativity. Yeah. And that's actually, it's funny you say that that has been a huge struggle for me because I'm a very much like behind the scenes person and give me my checklist, let me organize things in the back end. but it is harder for me to get out and create content and not sit on it forever. And like, Oh, let me make it perfect. Let me like polish it up really quickly before I put it out there. Uh, so I, I do think it is harder to do that. But one of the things my creatives tell me a ton is that they feel like systems are going to constrain them and like take away that space to be creative where I feel like it's the complete opposite because if you've got the system that you can follow, it just gives your brain so much more space to think about things and be creative and come up with ideas, uh, especially with scheduling too, right? If you are scheduling blocks of time now, you do have to be flexible in that creativity, right? Like the creativity may not come during that scheduled block of time, but I think that the more structured your day is, it really frees up your mind to even think about the creative side of things and create new things. Yeah. And then, you know what, it's just the, the planning of, cause a lot of creative types, you know, again, I, I hate bucketing people into yeah. friends because <laughs> our minds are really devious. So, you know, once you label yourself as I'm creative or I'm operational, or right. like that, <laughs> it's almost like that's the only thing you have to offer. Whereas, you know, these are just things your brain naturally gravitates towards. And yeah. One of the things I think, you know, like you talked about using systems to enhance creativity, because what it does is it takes all the stupid minutiae of things that we have to remember, little details that, I mean, when you work for someone, you could be reminded by a colleague or like a little ping message in your internal company chat communication yeah. or something saying, hey, you know what, this is your deliverable, please act on it and you get it. Yep. But when you work for yourself, you start missing a lot of deadlines and a lot of deliverables soon you're going to have a hard time getting all these clients back because at the end of the day, customers expect 
delivery. Yeah. But they really just care about the execution. They, but let's be real. Like, doesn't matter who, yeah. what you're doing. At the end of the day, it's was it done or was it not done, right? Processes yep. to the end user is not as important as it is to the person who is actually doing the task. Yep. But for creatives, I think this would truly free up their, it would be a game changer for them because now you, I, when I do creative stuff, like, you know, I get, I, I leave books all around my place. So anytime I have an idea, I could drop things down or I don't keep my phone on me a lot. That's something I started doing where I uh, really learning to yeah. put my phone down so that otherwise, but anyways, I'm always taking notes from a creative side point when something interesting passes through my head. And if we flip that situation around, let's say if you're in a permanent state of just, you know, your mind is really being beautiful and creative, especially if you do arts, design, things like that, you're in this flow state. And once yeah. you get in this flow state, you lose sense of time, you lose sense of relative priority when things are coming up. So if you had systems in place that would allow you to be like, hey, you know what? I know you're creative, but on Wednesday, your creativity has to be focused on this thing. Right. Whereas on Friday, <laughs> you got to focus a little bit more on this thing. I think that's, that's got to be the greatest yeah. asset to any business owner, knowing how you have to organize and plan yourself. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that like planning out your week is the biggest thing that's going to help you move, move towards your goals. And honestly, that the end goal of productivity isn't to just check off a bunch more boxes, right? Like that's not what we're doing this for. It's because we're trying to impact our clients and our families and have free time. That's what most people that go into business, they are going into business because they want to impact people and have more free time and financial freedom in their lives. Right? So the true end goal of productivity isn't to make like a giant checklist and check things off. It's to be more intentional and do the right things. And when you have systems in place that can remind you of that and say, Hey, I know you're doing your creative thing right now, but on Wednesday you have to send this thing to a client or they're not going to be happy. It really just helps you stay on track and make sure stuff's not slipping through the cracks because that's actually how I kind of transitioned into the space is that I actually, I, I was an event planner first. And then when I started the business, I organized people's houses. So I did professional organizing and then I found the online business space and really just found that organizing businesses. So it kind of came full circle. Uh, but that's what I saw when I first got into the space was that there's so many business owners that are amazing at what they do, but they weren't reaching people and they were, they didn't have happy clients because they didn't have the processes in the back end that helped them to run the business itself. They were good at the thing, but not all the other stuff. And unfortunately being a business owner, you kind of have to have all of that to make it succeed. No, and that's, that's very true. And I love your statement where, you know, it's about being intentional with the things that you're doing rather than just being mechanical and checking stuff off. So yeah. what would be some, uh, you know, what are some of your favorite, uh, quote unquote, productivity tips or organizational tips that you would like to share with our guests that again, I know yeah. some folks may need a different catering, but in general that yeah. would apply to almost everyone. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my first thing is that you have got to control your calendar. That is again, all of my high-end clients, even that I work with, it all comes down to time management. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, five days a week during the work week, right? So it all comes down to how you're managing that and making sure that you are blocking off time for the things that are important. So if you need to make sure that you've got family board game night on Thursdays, like we do, 
we make sure it gets put on the calendar. So it actually happens. If I have to put lunch on there or else I will schedule myself out. So I don't have time for lunch. Like you've got to put those time blocks on your calendar and really start taking control of your time so that you can meet your goals. Um, one of the other things, and I actually organize my entire business this way. I help my clients organize their entire business this way, but Um, so my business is Brittany and co, and we actually use the BCO method. So business development, client services, and operations, every single business. I don't care if you're one person or 1000 people, you have those three core areas of the business. Now, bigger companies, you'll break business development into like sales, marketing, advertising, like it starts to get, uh, broken down into smaller buckets, but, Um, I actually organize all of my digital stuff this way. I organize my bookmarks on my Google Chrome. I organize my email folders in the BCO buckets. I organize my Google Drive. Um, When we do our team meetings, we actually go in that order as well. And we talk about things that need done in each of those areas. Um, Anytime I'm planning strategy, And I actually do time blocking in that way. So that's kind of why I brought this up. Um, Because as a business owner, you really have to make sure that you're blocking off time for each of those areas. Because if you're spending all your time in business development, but not in client services, your client success rate is going to go down, right? If you're spending all your time in clients, but not doing business development stuff, you're not going to have sales coming in. And if you don't spend any time in operations, which is people's least favorite, the whole thing's going to come crumbling down. <laughs> so really figuring out how you can block out time on your calendar in each of those different ways to make sure that you are hitting all the different areas and the main main spots within the business. And I do something very similar. Like uh, when I look at my calendar, you know, I'm just taking a little peek at my calendar. Yeah. It's um, obviously my podcast. Uh, it's just a side project that I have. Yeah. Really passionate about. So I look at it. I got podcasts mapped out until August. Um, you know, I try to limit myself to one a week i use third-party tools so that when somebody has access to my calendar i limit when they have access that's a beautiful part too (laughs) access to your life you can really it takes a little bit of time to make that initial set to do that initial setup and calibration but once it's done you really have a lot of control as to when people are able to interact with you you can control your things um i do simple things like you know like you mentioned um my workouts are like always time blocked in there and i mean end of the day you know we have to make decisions based on priority so yep. if something emergency comes up am i going to cancel my workout probably yeah. but at least if i wake up 10 a.m you know if somebody's like hey you want to meet at six o'clock tonight and i'm like i can't but can we do four o'clock you know and so there's yeah. ways where at least it forces me the discipline of mapping out my tasks that i have to do and the yep. order in which i have to do them and i do the same thing for me what i was finding is that so me being operationally driven and I love just that back end stuff, right? Not, not being front facing. I would spend much more time on the client side and the operation side and not as much on business development. And every time you do that, you can see, see it in the revenue, right? It's like, and you haven't been talking to people. So now you have no money. <laughs> so what I forced myself to do was put an hour block every single day on reoccurrence Monday through Friday. That's completely blocking out my calendar for business development and client, um, like connections with people, right? So like social media going in my CRM, whatever that looks like, but me doing that, it's blocking off that time. So again, if I have to pivot and move it to a different time, that's fine, but it's making me use that block of time to do those types of things. So, um, and I think the other piece of it is that you start putting these reoccurring things on your calendar and blocking out what's important. 
and you see how little time you actually have left and how, how much you should be saying no to things that don't fit. So back to that business minimalism and being more intentional, I think, especially in the beginning stages of business, we say yes to everything. And then we fill up our calendar on top of the things that we still have to do that aren't on the calendar. And that's when we get stuck in burnout mode. So I think by blocking that out and really seeing like, oh, I actually only have like three or four hours based on everything I need to do. Like I can't take on that other project. It just helps you make better decisions in business anyway. And I love your BCO method. And you know, what's funny. We're so similar because of our operational sort of preference. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm notoriously bad on the B part of the BCNO methodology yep. as well. And yep. oh Lord, I got to like fight myself. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I do it, but people don't yeah. realize, like, I guess I, I, I appreciate it, but business development is a full-time grind. Like, and, and oh, it's a different sure. kind of grind. Like the operation grind is a grind that I enjoy. The, customer, yep. the client service interaction guy grind is something that I enjoy, but like, man, BD is so hard, especially because we live in a world where everyone is constantly being solicited and bombarded by everyone yep. that we're working with like layers of like filters yep. everywhere. And, but yeah, I got to do more of that as well. And I, and you've got to have a balance of that, right? That's where it works really well when you have this like visionary, creative, like relationship driven person, and then like a super operationally driven person, those teams work so well together because this person is doing all of that business development with the people. This person's helping set up the system to keep track of them. And it just works beautifully. But yeah, I struggle with a business development side all the time. Now I love getting on other podcasts and things like that. That comes pretty natural to me, but like being on social media, doing all the engaging on there, like emailing all of that stuff. It, it, it's exhausting. And like I said, I had to force myself to actually put that block of time on my calendar. And like, every time I see it, I'm like, all right, it's sales time. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have to jump that hurdle. Whereas a lot of people, that's not a hurdle for them, but they're like, Oh, I got to create a system. <laughs> so it, it's just different personalities too. I think when it comes into that. And you know, as like an entrepreneur, you, going back to what you mentioned earlier uh, when you were talking about this, you know, when we start like our MO is, you know, customer says jump and you're like, how high buddy. And then it's only over time yeah. <laughs> when, you know, when you can start being like, well, guess what? I can actually make enough money or I can pay my bills. And if a client was to lose, leave me, I'm not going to have to, I'm going to make rent payment tomorrow without this client. Yes or no. Yep. Starts buying you the luxury to start creating some systems and processes. Yep. But, uh, one of the like one of the challenges a lot of entrepreneurs have is lack of a schedule and I'm notoriously bad at that. Like I, I mean, I work, I work with my mind a lot. So like, it's really hard to just switch off work because I'm always yeah. doing something that is, you know, business related in that sense, or whether I'm having a conversation with someone, whether it's coming up with a solution for another client or, you know, how can I yeah. expand or, so it's always, it's, it's always in that realm, but I'm very bad with having a schedule. And that's one of the greatest benefits of working for someone, I guess, is that like, it forces you, it disciplines you into being, Hey, you know what you have, a nine to five responsibility that you owe to company X, Y, Z during which time you'll be, you know, your time is, is, yeah. is available for them. It forces you to get up, get ready. Like there's times where I don't know about you. I'm not a morning person. Uh, yeah. but like, you know, alarm goes off at 7am. If I'm tired and I want to sleep until seven 30, 
I'm staying in bed till 7.30, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you have time blocking, it, it at least adds a little bit of regimen and schedule like to your week. And then over time, I find like now it's almost like a part of my lifestyle, right? Like, because now as an entrepreneur, I've been lucky enough to create a schedule. Whereas before we're so driven by clients. Because if a client calls you at a random time, especially when you deliver services, this past week, I had a customer call me where they're having a conference next week in San Antonio, and they just got notified about it on Friday. And I'm going, guys, like the conference is planned at least six months out in advance. You know what I mean? Are you going to sit right. there and call me six days before the conference saying you need all this collateral done on a, on a GIF? And now I had to rearrange my entire weekend plan. It's okay. It's fine. Like I enjoy doing what I'm doing. But the point I was trying to make is that we get so... Our, our core is to deliver service to the client. And unfortunately, that's something that we cannot control completely as to when we may get, yep. what kind of workload we may have on our desk. And so the scheduling element of that, I think the discipline it creates, that's got to have tremendous value in itself. Yeah, no, I mean, scheduling is huge. And like you said in the beginning, right? It, you have less of that because you're trying to figure it all out. You're trying to figure out who those clients are that you're helping, what you're doing, what services you're offering. There's so many different variables that go into that. I, I can remember all the nights that I was up until midnight, like falling asleep on my laptop, doing all the things, right? We've all had to go through that. But I think the luxury is once you can get past that and start putting some systems in place. Uh, one thing for me last year, I kept saying like, I want to have three-day weekends. I want to have three-day weekends. And I would say it over and over. I'm like, this is what I'm striving for. Well, this year I actually blocked off Fridays on my calendar on reoccurrence and no one can get in there unless I put them there. Um, and it has been huge for me because I am able to take three day weekends now, now just to your point, right. I love what I do. Uh, work is in my brain all the time. I can't shut it off. So there are still some days that I'll work on Friday or work a half day, but I think the whole point again, goes back to the more structure I have the more flexibility I have, because if I block off Fridays, now I can use that to take a three-day weekend or to not do anything related to clients and have a CEO day. Or like I'm doing this weekend at the time of the recording, I'm going with two friends and we're doing a mastermind in Airbnb because I took control of that and actually put some structures in place. Um, so you definitely touched on that. And I think the other thing is boundaries. You definitely learn to have boundaries the farther you are into business, especially with clients. Um, and like for me, my team, so my team doesn't email me. We only work within Asana with communication. My clients do not email me like at eight o'clock at night and expect a response. Cause I don't respond back to them, but you've got to put these, these systems and structures and boundaries in place or else it's just going to keep coming in. Right? Like if you respond to a client at 8 PM, they're going to expect you to respond every time at 8 PM. <laughs> But these are luxuries that one can only develop after you have. After you've gone through the process. Yeah. That, you know, where you've built up your reputation enough where yep. now people understand that, hey, you know what, there's this organ company. Now you're a company yourself. You're not just, uh, yeah. you're not just Brittany or Kunal saying, hey, you know what, we're the, but it's more like, hey, our organization, because that's when you start getting referrals from people. So yeah. that's something where it's later. And now, you know, when you're working with a small team, when you're time blocking and things, how much transparency do you create? So how many people have access to your calendar that's blocked off and things like that? Because obviously there's tools yeah. that, yep. for example, I use Calendly for scheduling and physically you cannot book a meeting with me on certain days just because I don't yeah. have, you can't do it. I yep. only have like the worst time slots available as far as <laughs> the third person is concerned, right? Uh, so how much transparency do you have as far as like, well, how many people do you share your calendar with? 
things like that yeah. within your company? What's, what's a reasonable sort of yeah. way to approach that? Yeah. So now I, I just have contractors. I don't have full-time employees, but, um, yeah, my OBM online business manager, she has access to pretty much all of it. She's doing a lot of the scheduling. Uh, I have a person that does like PR pitching and like getting me on podcasts. She has a lot more capabilities to see things too, just because like my personal life and business life are very intertwined because I'm still the CEO and I'm still very in it. Right. So, um, she can see everything for the most part, as far as time blocks that are blocked off. But again, like clients can't get in on Fridays. Clients can't get in on Mondays. They can typically only get in Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, because my scheduler tool has done that. Um, but yeah, I am pretty open. I actually do a lot of like behind the scenes sharing of how I do things and even my clients see some of the stuff on my calendar. So I just, I want to be super transparent and show them like I have, I've got twins at home and I run a business full time and we travel a lot. So like in order to do all of those things, you've got to put systems in place and you've got to map out your calendar and you've got a time block and you have to be proactive. You can't like be in this reactive hamster wheel constantly. And then how was your clients what were your clients' reactions when you started going, hey, you know what, I'm available for you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Like, I mean, that's yeah. a really strong statement where you're setting very strict boundaries. How yeah. did they take it and how was that adjusted? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I work with my clients in two different ways. I have a group coaching program called hustle to flow. So those ones, I actually do have a Monday call for that, but it's reoccurring. Um, so it's pretty set. Uh, and then my other clients, my like consulting clients, we do VIP days. So we'll either do our four hour sessions on Tuesdays or Thursdays. Um, so I structured it in a way that it made sense that they only wanted me on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, as far as that went. Um, it was a little bit of a transition at first, like, especially, and not that I don't respond to clients on Mondays and Fridays, if they come up, come and like want to chat in email. Right. But our actual scheduled meeting times are typically Tuesday th through Thursday. So I think just the way that I structured it and the clientele that I brought on, it just worked. But again, I went through a transition period with that too. Right. It was like, Hey, this is the offer now. And here's how we do it. If it doesn't fit for you, I might not be the best fit, but I had to create those boundaries for how I wanted my life to work first and then kind of mold that in. But again, just like you said, it was a luxury of going through getting the referrals, building up the business, having the clientele. You can't just do that from the get-go. I mean, yes, it's, it's definitely something that takes a little bit more, more planning. And then, yeah. like, you know what, that's, that's really nice. I like how you're able to, like, and like, how long does it take in your mind to train some of your customers, especially when you have, when you're transitioning? Let's say, you know, when you come in, if you, if you, onboard a new client after you have these processes yeah. and systems in place. That's what their expectations are. It's easier to manage them. But when you have an existing set of clients and now you're transitioning to this sort of new way of doing things or improved way of doing yeah. things for yourself, how does that transition? How, how hard has it been across some of the clients you've worked with? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think again, just like you said, like setting those expectations, I think it's really just kind of going backwards with that, right? Like now you have this, the set of expectations and it works for new clients. You just have to really reiterate that for these other clients and say like, Hey, I found that this works better. This is a better process for all of us around. Um, I, I, I think it depends on what you're doing too, for what I do and helping them improve processes. It obviously makes sense. Right. So I'm like, Hey, I'm improving the process of how we work together. So they take it a lot better. So I think it really depends on kind of what you do, but it really is just being super transparent and saying like, Hey, 
I've changed the way that I'm working. I've changed the way that I'm scheduling. This is what this looks like. I want to obviously make this work for you and I want to make this fit for everybody. Um, but like, let's work together on this instead of resisting it. Um, so change is hard for anything, but I think it's just that open communication and really like laying out the expectations. And if they don't like it, then maybe they aren't a good fit. And maybe you've transitioned into a new phase where, um, they're not going to be your best client. Right. So then you can look at maybe a, a transition and exit plan at that point. But I think we're all building these businesses the way we want them. And it, it doesn't make sense to just keep taking on stuff that doesn't fit within that and trying to cram, cram it into that schedule. And then as far as like, you know, one of the things minimalism, I think that I also, um, think falls within that bucket is, just how much stuff you keep because as business owners you know we tend to keep so much stuff like yeah i've done some stuff in events you've done stuff in events how many times would you go into your garage or your storage locker or some room or office yeah. and just find like the most ridiculous stuff that you shouldn't even have made it to your yep. storage unit but it did whether it be a lanyard or a t-shirt or a table ah, just, just random stuff that we just accumulate yep. over time then even papers. And then actually like three years ago, I did this three or four, four years ago, actually, I, I, I started this transition a year and a half before the pandemic. And it took me one year to transition to go. Now we are a fully digital company. Like we don't actually have, we don't have any papers. Like, I mean, I'll print something if somebody's really, really pushing for yeah. a physical copy. But other than that, we're a completely digital organization. Everything we do like with digital signatures and everything like that, e-docs and stuff yep. can translate it. The luxury is I can work from my phone. Like that was one of the best parts yep. is that by having these things in there. What weight do you put on something like, you know, being like, like how does that, so we have the operational minimalism, which is, which we talked about a little bit. And now you have this physical minimalism of sorts. How do you, do those play yeah. into together with you or how do you approach that? Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely do. So me also, when I started my business being a home professional home organizer, um, I would go into houses and see the same thing, right? Like all of this clutter, all of this stuff. I mean, the, the storage industry is insane. How many billions of dollars people pay to store the junk that they don't use. <laughs> um, so I watched the minimalism documentary. It was funny because the guys that did it are actually in Ohio. They're in Dayton. So then I obviously related with that too. And I went and saw them in person and they talked about the same thing. They're like, people are paying thousands of dollars a month to store the junk that they don't need. Like, I just don't get it. Um, and the guy's mom died and like his marriage ended and he had to like condense his house and all of this stuff. So I watched this documentary as I'm organizing houses and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And people are paying me thousands of dollars to come organize the crap that they didn't need. <laughs> so all of this kind of came full circle. And I was like, I feel, I don't feel ethically. Okay. Like charging people thousands of dollars just to move the stuff that they don't need, like just get rid of it. Good person, get, I like that. You can we just because right? I didn't ask you that. Like, wh when do you when do you not just donate? Why not just donate it? You know what I mean? I know, like or just get army, get rid somewhere. of it. But that's a whole different discussion, right? Like capitalism and all the things. Anyways, um, so I was, I was I'm sorry, this. I don't think it's capitalism. No. <laughs> People just want to hold out to shit that they don't want to get rid of. That's just hoarding. You know, I'm guilty of that too. Certain things. Yes. But then, you know, everybody just buys more stuff because we're supposed to just buy things anyways. So basically it, it all applied when I moved into the business realm, I'm like, if you haven't used it and you don't need it, why are we storing it? Yes. Digital clutter 
takes up less space than physical clutter, but it's still there, right? It's like more dangerous. You have, we don't see that. It is. <laughs> it's much more digital clutter is much more dangerous because you could just keep piling it on and you would never know. Um, so I, I took that same approach in business and I'm like, if you haven't used it, like just get rid of it. You don't need it. And the biggest thing I think people hoard digital things is because like, oh, I'll use it later, just like everything physical. But the thing is when you took that thing in, you got the value that you needed at that time. And then you can just get rid of it. It's okay. Because here's the thing we can find it on Google. <laughs> There's this magic thing that Bingo. you can just Google it and you're, and that's going to be the, you're not going to go find this file that you downloaded seven years ago about this topic. You're going to Google it first. So and it's going to have updated information too. Cause Absolutely. a lot of times when you have, cause yeah. <laughs> I, I used to be notorious like that. There's times where yeah. I, when I started, sometimes I would, uh, you know, have access to contracts and stuff that other people would have yeah. made that I would, you know, through my experience, change the wording to make it more yep. rel relatable to my business rather than spending thousands of dollars on fancy lawyers to draft up all these agreements. Yep. And then I, I came across a couple and there's a couple of times where I threw them in the junk folder and then restored them and then find them. Like, yeah. this, this is like an older agreement. I'm sure there's new rules that supersede everything yeah. in here. Everything has changed. Just throw this out there. Yeah. And when you need it, you can search good almighty Google for yep. a new one yep. and then use something that's, that's more current. Yeah. So that's, that's the take I have in the business side and like digital clutter and all that. We actually, I use my iPad with good notes, so I don't use paper and sticky notes, honestly, game changer, right? <laughs> like the remarkable tablets out there, which is super, super popular right now, because again, every one of my clients that came to me, they're like, I have like 17 notebooks and 47 sticky notes. And like, I can't stay organized. I'm like, well, yeah, because you have 17 notebooks and 47 sticky notes. Like it needs to be condensed in one place. So, um, I operate fully out of that. The only time I do paper is really, if I'm like doing big picture planning and even still when I'm doing that, it still has to go digital at some point. So, um, we're pretty much fully remote as well. My team's all over the U S so I have somebody in Kansas, New York, Washington, like nobody is even here locally. So I love the digital company concept. And I think more people are moving to that, especially after the pandemic. Um, there's going to be a, a huge shift in that, I think. And then like, you know, when you go into, so like I use Google workspace and, um, yeah. you know, I keep myself on a paid tier where I think I have a 30 GB plan. And then yeah. what I do is I use that as my sort of, as a policing mechanism where anytime my storage yep. starts getting absurdly high, I'm like, okay, I got to go in there and just, I got yeah. stuff it. I need to go. Cause there's no reason to, I got to purge. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason I need yep. to have that much data content. Like if it's videos, stuff like that is different. Right. Right. Same with like, you know, I don't, I don't have an iPad. Um, I've looked at buying one so many times. I always just, you know, convince myself that I don't need one. Yeah. But like I, I, I'm the same thing. I'm in the Apple ecosystem between my MacBook and yep. my desktop Mac, my iPhone and everything. I have the Google cloud storage. Okay, that's a finite storage. So I got to be mindful yeah. of like, you know what, just because I have infinite storage doesn't mean I could just keep right. writing <laughs> stuff. And it makes things very powerful when, you know, things seamlessly transition from things, files are available for access everywhere. Certain things yep. are cloud-based. There's such a power to that. I'm, I'm more of a classical write with 
paper and pen kind of guy though. So okay. that's the reason I like leaving notebooks. And I've I actually have good penmanship. Yeah. I have very good writing. So it motivates that's good. Me <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's probably one of the, the biggest hurdles. My clients are like, but I still need pen and paper. I'm like, okay, then you have to use one notebook at a time. Like you cannot have 17 of them just floating around. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Just one notebook. And then what I started doing was for my notebooks, I actually color code everything. So I have yeah. like five different color gel pens and then depending upon what kind of work I'm doing so that whenever, because like you said, if you got to find something in a paper on your yep. computer, you could just hit control F or type in a couple of keywords and boom, you'll have all the documents that contain those necessary yeah. things you're looking for. Whereas on paper, like it's a little bit more of a tedious process. So I started yep. color coding stuff where I'm like, you know what, color code, use a ton of bookmarks. The moment I go past five bookmarks, I know something's yeah. got to go because it's not a priority anymore. You don't need more than five bookmarks in a book. Yeah. And again, we color code with the BCO method, right? So everything business development is green for money. Clients are pink. Operations is blue. Um, so I'm totally down for that too. But again, that's one of the biggest reasons I moved to the iPad with good notes is because like being able to search notes and be able to find that stuff quickly was huge for me. Uh, but I also have like an end of day process that I make sure things I've taken notes on have made it into the digital space as far as task management or calendar. Um, so I make sure that like I process through everything I've done at the end of the day. And if there's a star beside it or I've highlighted it and it's a task and it needs to go into a sauna, that I'll do that. Or if it's a calendar invite and need to send, I'll do that. So I think even if you are paper, just having a process to either get it digital or put it where it needs to go so that you're not losing it and having to sift through a bunch of stuff. And that, and, and that is absolutely critical, you know what, because even through all your digital stuff or like manual, you're only going to take snippets of what you've actually yep. written down that hold value for you in the long run. So it's important to yep. constantly filter through that. And then what kind of productivity tips do you have for folks, you know, as they're getting into, uh, like, for example, like your method where you have an end of day routine where, you know, you go through any important things, any yep. takeaways, if you want to call it that you've that you want to document what are the processes or you know like what kind of productivity tips could you share with uh some of our listeners yeah. work well for yeah you? so i mean i think everything comes down to routines right like any kind of thing that you can put into a routine is huge i'm not a huge morning routine person because i've got twins at home and two dogs and like i'm not a morning person so i'm not getting up at 4 a.m and like working out for an like no it's just not happening and i've accepted that um, so I put more emphasis on my end of day routine where I do everything I just said, but then I'm also planning for the next day. So it's called the three P's of productivity process, plan, prepare. So I process everything. Then I go in and plan the next day. And then I prepare anything I need to help execute the plan. So if I need an outline, if I need client notes, like I make sure all that stuff's ready. So I put more emphasis on the end of day routine, but it really is just creating routines for yourself. Um, the next thing I will say is turn off all your notifications. Holy moly. Just turn them off. All of them, like leave your phone and your text, but all the social media apps, your email, like those notifications need to be off because they're so distracting, like so distracting. And then stop checking your email and leaving it up all day long. Um, this was one thing that was huge for me is I really only check it in the morning, kind of right when I start, then it probably noonish, like right before lunch break. And then right before I'm leaving for the day, um, because 99.9% .9 of the time I went in there and was keeping it open, I would see it. So I'd have to go check it and I would get distracted and it was never important. <laughs> like almost never. 
Um, again, that comes back to like setting boundaries too, and making sure people know when they're kind of allowed to communicate with you. But, um, yeah, so routines, turn off your notifications, stop checking your email all the time, and just try to simplify the tools that you're using. See if there's anything that you can cut out. See if there's anything that maybe does the same thing as another tool that you can like condense together, but the least amount of places you have to go to check things, it's just going to make your life so much easier. And you know what? It keeps you in the flow state for longer. So yeah. if you're creative, if you're being productive, not having interruptions. And then before this, let's say, you know, let's say BlackBerry was a device that got people to be really instantaneous. You know what I mean? Because that was the first thing that had a keyboard yep. where you could respond. Up until the days of BlackBerry, it was common to have 24 hours, 48 hours for people to respond. Oh, to for food. sure. Yep. So we've, we've created this false beast on ourselves unleash yep. it upon ourselves where now like you know like boom yep. just in time and it's like man, when you're doing things just in time you can never get anything done because you're always going to get some stupid email or question or something yep and as i was telling you earlier you know i started adopting this disconnecting mindset and it has been one of the most powerful game-changing things for me like my phone is almost always on silent the bad thing is when I lose my phone, I can't find it because it's always yeah. on silent. <laughs> yeah. I have, I get almost no notifications, n- hardly have any apps, no games. I have a yep. couple emails on there. And again, just because, I mean, I still need to have some of those. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like I still have social media on my phone, but I have to click into it and be intentional. And then yes. I can see the thousand notifications that went off, right? But every time we see that little red dot, we're like, Ooh, what's that? I'm important. Let me go check that. And it's almost never important, but you've distracted yourself now from whatever you're doing. You've gotten out of flow state. You've lost creativity. You've forgotten something, something's fallen down the crack. Like every time you see that pop up, you want to go check it. And we or don't worse, you to. feel like you feel terrible because somebody else posted something that makes you feel like shit. And all of a sudden, Oh yeah. There's the that too. <laughs> and you've actually wasted your productivity. So all your mojo got I swapped mean, out with depression. That's, that's the, that's the entrepreneur roller coaster, right? Though, like you're like, oh, this is amazing. What am I doing with my life? Oh, my clients love me. This is great. Like it, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's got to be like the. I think once people start appreciating the power of disconnecting and how not important it is if things take an extra few hours to respond. I have the same thing. All yeah. my social media apps are hidden within a folder on yep. the second page <laughs> of my thing. So I almost got to do like three clicks to actively get in there. And by the time I yep. even get to the folder, sometimes I catch myself. I'm like, why am I going in there? I'm like, yep. there's no reason to go in there unless like, yep. the, the challenge though is that the modern generation uses some of these things as a communication tool. Yes. That's the one sort of caveat that, you know, I got to be respectful of as to yeah. why they're value-based is that, well, I mean, apart from advertising your business and depending upon what industry you work in, it's extremely valuable to have a strong social right. media presence, but they are also communication tools. And I have a lot of clients who are a little bit younger than me. And I've got times where sometimes, you know, even friends, oh, I'm going to video call you on Instagram. And I'm going, we both have <laughs> iPhones. Why can't you just FaceTime me? You know what I mean? Uh, so right. <laughs> that's something that's hard for myself. Although I'm yes. fairly progressive and transient as far as keeping up with technology goes, it's still hard for me to move away from like make that mind shift from, okay, you know what? I archaically I traditionally use this application just to do task X, Y, Z, but now it offers a lot of other functionality and it takes a hard time for my brain 
to open itself up to be able to do, hey, you know what? You need yeah. this because unfortunately, people are not going to, I've had so many people that don't respond to emails, but if I yeah. message them on, especially for new business development, where emails yeah. sometimes, good luck. But if you send somebody a message on a social media platform, there's a much higher response rate and it truly blew my mind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, but I think again, it just comes back to being intentional, right? Like if you're going to go on the social media for that and to send messages and to check in and to follow up and do business development, then you can't scroll. And that's, that's a hard filter. Anybody has to put on themselves, let alone business owners, right? Because if they're, if we're going to do a task that you and I don't like doing, and then you see something fun going on over here, like we're going to go over there before we do this part. So uh, I think it's just being intentional. It's building a filter around yourself and making sure you put boundaries in place of like, Hey, I'm going to go in to Facebook, but I'm only doing business development and I'm only going to do it for 30 minutes and then I'm shutting it down. So I, and I think a lot of it comes down to mindset and like yourself, right. Which is what is the hard part. We can teach all these strategies and things, but so much of it comes back to having the right mindset, making sure that you put boundaries in place and really move the needle forward and get stuff done in the business. No, like it's, it's amazing how when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, like really it's, it's the, the key things that you've stressed throughout this episode. You know, one of them has been being organized, uh, you know, yep. making sure that you set boundaries. And then, you know, boundaries, I think, can be extended to minimalism, right? Because if you don't set a boundary, well, I'm just going to keep collecting stuff or yep. I'm going to keep checking my emails or things like that then you're never really going to get to the meat and potatoes and then the discipline, right? Because then if you're organized, you set boundaries and you have discipline, then everything else just sort of clicks in like magic, right? Like the discipline of doing part of the, all parts of the BCO process that you have or the discipline of, you know, Hey, my bookends are going to be done in a certain way and doesn't matter if I'm tired or, Yep. Baby's going crazy. Dogs are, I still got to sit down there, you know, distract myself for that small block of time, 10, 15, whatever minutes it takes you to be disciplined. And it's amazing how so much of life can really be tied back to those three core fundamental values. Huh? If you're yep. organized, you set boundaries and you say disciplined, then magic just happens. It's, it's magic how like focus and organization can like move you towards your goals. <laughs> Yeah, no. And that's it. That's I've always seen it that way. I'm like, if you have, I've always said this too, like roadmap, right? Like if you want to go on a road trip and you have no end destination in mind, that sounds like an amazing time, not a super great way to build a sustainable business. You've got to have that end destination that you know, you're moving towards, or it's going to be really hard to stay focused because there's so many distractions. There's so many moving pieces of a business. There's so much stuff you could do but you've got to be intentional and focused with what you're doing to move the needle forward. And then, you know, like um, in closing now, what kind of things, um, you know, where do you see your business headed in the next little while? You know, how has COVID impacted? Because obviously there's been a lot more entrepreneurs that have taken the dive into it. And then now you have this whole work from home culture where you hear people talk about it on forums all the time about how they have, you know, they're moonlighting, but moonlighting in the daytime, right? Because now- you can be depending upon your role. You may not have to physically work. If you're working from home, you're signed on and you can moonlight, quote unquote, whatever other side project or hustle you have. 
So that's got to have created a lot of demand for your services because a lot of people don't know what they're doing. So what's in the pipeline for you in the next little while? What kind of trends are you expecting to see in the future coming out of this? Yeah, for sure. So I was really grateful that the um, pandemic did not really impact me because I had already had an online business previous to that. I actually had a ton of friends that are like, I don't know what that means that you have an online business. And then the pandemic hit and they're like, oh, I want one of those. <laughs> um, so I was grateful that I I was kind of already in that space before that happened. So I was kind of a, a jump start above a few other people. Um, there has been a huge demand in just with what I do, because I think, again, there's so many people that now want businesses that aren't business driven. They're not operationally driven. But again, you have to have that piece to make a business work, right? Like you can be really good at a thing, but it's going to be a hobby unless you put the other stuff in the back end. So um, that's another great analogy. Somebody yeah. shared with me, you know, when I was starting off, it's like, listen, don't be a man with a truck where yep. the day you decide to not work or take a day off or something like that, that day, there's nothing happening. So yep. yeah. yeah. So for us, our hustle to flow program is our biggest um, driver. We're going to try to get as many students as possible because that's the way that I can impact the most people uh, with within my constraints of my schedule and the time freedom that I want. Uh, and then really just take on some high level VIP intensive clients during those blocks that I've got. Uh, we're growing our podcast. We have a free community. So we're growing that. Um, and I'm sure we've got some other courses and a book and some events coming. Cause you know, event planner, I've got to like full circle, come back to events at some point. <laughs> and it's going to feel good after like a couple of years of not having any in-person events, you know, or extreme, yeah. like, partisanal thinking preferences between people when it's nice to have that. Okay. We're coming. Yeah. So be on the lookout for productivity in paradise. I'm just saying we're going to make some kind of really cool, awesome thing. (laughs) That is incredible. Productivity in paradise to all our listeners. Make sure we still listen out to that. (laughs) Edward, Brittany, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure to have you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And like, you know what, this is, this is really nice. Um, it's not too often that I get the luxury of um, having a guest who also has the same sort of things they like. Like we're both operationally yeah. good. You know, most of the time I have people on where completely different. So it's I fun that it. we can relate to some <laughs> of the challenges uh, that we've both faced. Um, yes. And then uh, for our listeners, um, if you'd like to get in touch with Brittany, uh, you can visit her website at bcohq.co. That's Bravo, Charlie, Oscar. H for Henry, Q for question.co, or you can visit our website at subjectmatterpros.com. And under the episodes page, you will find all the links to her website, her LinkedIn, and any other assets that you may want to access her, any other channels you want to access her via. So to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Um, and in closing, we just like to thank ocsdeals.ca and branding and promo again for their support in allowing us to uh, record these podcasts. Thank you. And until the next episode.